Hi, welcome to Steve Wraith's True Crime Podcast and uh, delighted to welcome Liam Ditchfield to the show. Uh, I've seen a lot of Liam on YouTube and uh, delighted to have him on the channel. How are you, mate? Not too bad, Steve. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, and first thing I've got to ask you, and I guess it'll be the question on everyone's lips tuning in. Rafa Benitez, a Liverpool legend, is now Everton manager and you're a blue. How does that make <laughs> yeah. you feel? Mate, if I'm going to be honest, Steve, right, if ever goes there to help us win, I'm happy. But if someone comes, I'm a blue lad, yeah, and it's going to be embarrassing for the other blues now. So if someone said to me, name Everton's first 11 now, I can't. So, so but if you win, I'd be the first person to send someone a text, say, ha ha, and then bloody, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> It's it, look, I'm football, and most of my channel is football videos. You know, I'm Newcastle United daft, and I love Rafa Benitez. Um, I, I was lucky to be, I was lucky to work in his inner circle for for those three years that he was on Tyneside. And I've got to be honest, you've got an absolute diamond there. And if you can, no, do... we've got a we've got a good manager, lads. Although I'm not, uh, think we we have got a good manager, mate. I just drifted off football the past few seasons, but he is a good manager, mate. Yeah, without doubt. Big, big, big move for him though to go there. Like his biggest, he, the biggest he's got, rival. He's got a, he's got a set of bollocks on him doing it, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He has hundred percent. I think he'll, I think he'll do okay. I think he'll win the fans over. I think he'll do well. Um, you know, and I don't think it'll tarnish his reputation uh, across Stanley Park at Anfield because they love him anyway. And I think what what stands out about Rafa for me is a, as a man is just he's real. And after what happened at Hillsborough, he's the one person who. You know, he, he just has that affinity with the fans. You know, he, he yeah. you know he, he's one of those people who, when he does something, he does it wholeheartedly. And I, I just think, you know, I think he'll turn it round. I think he'll do well at Everton. And I think he's got a good, he's got a good backroom staff. And I think uh, Duncan Ferguson always stands out for me. In fact, I think he probably could have done the job himself. Um, he should have, done. he should have, mate. Yeah, he's a legend. And uh, of course, another Newcastle connection. He played at Newcastle and. Uh, Infamously kicked Rude Hullard's door down when they got dropped against Sunderland. <laughs> Again, another legend. But um, yeah. so obviously this is a true crime podcast. I haven't got you on to talk about football. Um, but just just so the viewers know a little bit about you, just tell us just tell us a little bit about your childhood. Where where were you born? Um, Liverpool, mate. Uh, not too far from both the grounds. Where we I can see both the grounds from the house. Um, yeah. So where I was born is called Langeville, Everton, Brow. Um, yeah, it's got it's got a lot of history to it, Everton Browland. But as I say, um, I grew up at a different time. Um, still got a lot of history, lads. Still got a lot of good memories. Um, always will have, lads. They'll never go. Um, childhood wise, mate, it was it was growing up as a kid, lads. It was all right. Everything was not an the ordinary, lads. Just me half fella went about. I'd never seen me half fella until I was twenty one, I think, or nineteen. Oh, man, where are you, baby? 2011, so yeah, I was 21 when I met me out, fella. But um, but then that that's normal, man. Just, was, it, just, was it a happy childhood, Liam? Yeah, lads, it was. It was you just every. It was a community. So everyone's everyone who grew up on there, all the families did too. So their aunties, their uncles, the nan, the granddad, everyone was all. We were all on the same area. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit like uh, big, you know, big family, you know, all all within the same area, looking after each other, I guess. Yeah, just how everywhere used to be, mate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you like? What were you like at school, Liam? What were you? Were you somebody who went to school? Were you wagging off? Were you, were you a scholar? Um, 
I think it's again lads for my generation in Liverpool and they, it, you know I was born in 1990 so with that generation when you get to senior school everyone wants a block port lad so I thought I was going to be flying when I got there on my way there my first day I come across a few of the older lads just having a joint and just that yeah my first day of senior school lad and um, just got roped into having a joint mate and yeah so from there I think I went the next day I never went the first day. I went the next day. My mom was asking me where I'd been the first day, shit like that. But I went the next day, mate. But I think from there, lad, from that first day, I don't think I ever really um, had the mead I wanted to... I don't, I don't know. I don't think I ever had the mead I wanted to do school, mate, because I've seen how everyone else was. I'm growing up and on my way to school, I don't think I wanted to really stick it out, mate. But I think I stayed till the start of year eight and they kicked me out and it was just... Um, like referral units and stuff like that and then um, bounce up between different names. Um, I think that's what they were called. They were more like youth clubs, lad. Was it because, so like, was it bad attendance or were you were you kicking off? No, I was a little bastard, mate, to be fair. Um, but that just, as I say, that just came out of, it was an all-boys school. Um, we're all from the same couple of areas around the school. Um, and straight away when you go in, you learn about like, You've already known from previously, like, cock of the year and fucking cock of the school and cock of year seven, my form and that form. That's what you're always, that's what everyone's always got, like, want to be cock of the school, if you're a little cunt. But um, I think, I don't know whether it was that level or what, but it was just, yeah, Campion was different level, mate. And, like, everyone will tell you who's been there. It's produced some of the city's best boxers, mate. Look, a little jazz of Dickens, lads, Derry Matthews. Um, who else, lads? Everyone, everyone's been campion, lads. Like, it's either produced boxers, footballers, a lot of a, a lot of criminals, and um, but you know the the goods come out of there as well, low mates, and like people have gone on to do very well in in careers, lads, from it. But I'd say majority either went into sports or prison, lad. Were you into your sport at school? Yeah, I used to be into football. I was mad into football growing up, lads. I used to I start off as a goalie, um. I used to play in goal, um, and I think I signed for a team, the Gordon FC, when I was about fucking hell, mate. This is, yeah, years. The Gordon was on Stanley Road, lad. We were kids. Some old fella, Bob Adders, in the team. But just Sunday League kids, footy, lad. I used to always be into it. Again, people from that team have gone on to do, be professional footballers, lad. And, um, yeah, the area, mates in the city itself produced loads of things, especially the activities some of the people used to do. And you know what? Thinking back, like, they mustn't have got fuck all for doing that, all them footy managers and that. And like, they only wanted to see you do well. So, knowing how you turned out afterwards for a little while, you know, you look back and reflect and always think of them fellas who tried to help you from the start. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was your, I mean, what was your social life like as you were growing up, as you were getting older, into your teens? Were you. Were you out? Were you out with the lads? Were you up to mischief, or were you, you know, were you, you know, were you chasing might, girls? What were you doing, or was it a bit of both? Well, as I've just said, mate, like my first day in senior school, so I don't even know how old that is, mate. That's what, what about 12, twelve or thirteen? Yeah. Yeah, so like twelve, bad twelve, I think it is. Like that was my first day smoking weed, lad. So you can picture how my life went from then onwards, mate. And um, you know, Liverpool and in, in the early two thousands, lads. It was, it was. You know, it was, um, how can I put it? That was when, like, the, the rise of, like, what the, what you describe as gang started coming about. And 
you know, I was that generation coming through. There's been them before, there'll always be them again, lads. But like, um, you know, no one's, some people probably were, some people probably weren't. But that's how I think in my early teens, mate, yeah, just slipped into smoking weed, lad, wanting to be like the others, wanting to be like everyone else, mate. Um, can't blame no one but myself, mate. It's just greed and like your eyes bigger than your belly as a kid, but you don't realize consequences growing up. But yeah, I just slipped into, I think. First off, mate, we used to all just be around on little pedal bikes and that when we were kids and just always just a group of 10 of us going to the local park. And then, there's, you know, again, the beds in the park, your age and the, 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 your kids, mate, you're all just messing around, drinking, causing mayhem. But from there, obviously, mates, you don't do nothing in school that's going to get you dough. You don't have a job. So you start having to, again, you smoking weed as a kid, you believe you're a criminal, you believe you're like, so you want to be keep going through that, mate, and you just start the stages of criminality, mate, from a very, very young age, lad. What was your first, what was your first crime that you can, that you can remember? Jesus Christ. Is it a bit of shoplifting? Were you, you know, was it that kind of thing or was it a little bit more advanced? Were you, were you breaking into people's houses? Were you, but, you know, no, no, I've never, never, never robbed an house in my life, mate. Um, what was it, lad? I think it was a bar of Rocky. I got Nick with a bar of Rocky. Um, I just got it off someone. Um, it was an uncle of mine, actually. I got it off. Um, at the time, he was flying. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a bar of Rocky off him when I was a kid. I'd just been dropped off with it. And... Just as I went, me and my mates, and I'm like, look at this. And I went to do it. This was on Kenny, this. Um, I went to do a joint off the end of it, made up as a kid. Just police were pulled up next to me, and that was my luck for the rest of my life, lads. That was, that was, I'd never, I was never lucky, lads, do you know what I mean? But yeah, um, that was my first ever nick, and that was my first ever um, charge. That I don't even know, can't even remember what happened to me over it, lads, you know. Was that a bit of a wake-up call for you? Being arrested and going through that process of, you know, the, the long arm and the no, neck. No, no. You get a, you're a kid, mate. You, you, you get out with a needle on your shoulder, like a needle on your shoulder then, and you get out like, I'm just being nicked there, lads. And like, it's something to boast about as a kid, mate. It's, it's not to boast about, like, but I'm just this condition. If I can ever write a letter to a 14-year-old, 13-year-old mate, the stuff I'd put in that letter, mate, now, to tell them to stay away from would be unbelievable, mate, do you know what I mean? So, um, I think, and to stop acting a certain way, I, I think it was, at that age, like, yeah, it's just boasting, it's like your first time in jail, you get out and everyone's made up here, but the novelty wears off after a week, and, like, it's it's the more you go, the more you realise it, and the more, so, yeah, I think I think as a kid, mate, it's just an... Um, Go towards your little status as a kid amongst your little mates, mate, do you know what I mean? What did your mum think? Um, she, my mum, lad, she said, my mum, my Arlene, uh, my Arlene, my nan, like, they've all always just been straight, mate. My mum's had two jobs for years, lad. Like, my family's, like, when I say respected, not respected in a crime or fear way. But on the estate, like the the my family, like my nan and my mum and that, like the you know, yeah, it's like a like an old school family, lads. Everyone knows them. So, um, but they know them through being a decent family. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And then it obviously I came about mates and I saw the real good stuff for a few years. <laughs> it's bad, lads. It's not, it's not. Look, I can slow back and laugh now, do you know what I mean? But even if I sit and have a conversation with my mum, lads, at this age, like I can I can see her in her face, mate, all the shit from years ago. I can see her in every time I go up and like I go out, I can see she's on edge a bit and like worried a bit. And like, you know, that's everyone's mates who's grew up with kids who were up to the shit we were up to, lads. That's what the life now, do you know what I mean? So so you're unfortunate with that first nicking, um, but obviously things did progress for you. How did you how did you progress into to harder crime? Was it through the drugs? Um lads, I think what I'd probably put it down to, mate, is as a kid smoking weed, lads. You yeah. always want another weed, mate. And then like you know, when you when you're that age, lads. You're not going on getting fucking 50 quid off your mind every day, lads, and like. Like you've got to come up with your own little way of doing things, mate. And between you, lads, like, you know, certain people are like, I've looked at as like, of anyone else, even older, like, he's, he's, he'll be, he's a bit, um, once you go ahead, screwed on. Some of them probably look and think you're too game for your own good at that age. You're too wild for your own good. And like, in a sense, though, some of the people can see that and use it. But again, with myself, lads, I can't, how can I put it, mate? Um, I think everyone who's, who's my age, mate, or even older, the generation older than me, like, they can all like, relate to what I'm trying to say. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to like, just blurt everything out because that's, that's not me, do you get what I'm saying? But yeah, if people can relate to where they've been and things we've done as a kid and just talking now by, like, you know, if you're honest and you've lived the same type of life and you've, you was involved in any gang back in the early 2000s, growing up and like really, any, anything like that, like, you can relate to what I'm saying, I know you can't even about your parents, mate, whether you were very good at what you've done or shit, everyone's more worried about them back then, mate, and some of them still do now, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I mean, it's, um, look, it's quite clear, it was the drugs that, that got you on that downward spiral, and, and, you know, it was something that, you know, you started at an early age, I mean, let's let's look at the you know the big the big case that you were involved in with you know when you were arrested for for you know for, for dealing you know you were caught bank the rights, um you know I mean you're progressing from smoking weed to to suddenly you know being caught in possession of cocaine you know how did you how how do you go from that to that? Well, what charge you on about Steve? The big case that you had, um you know where you you were jailed for seven years, weren't you? Oh, so you're going right to now. Yeah, just let's go. Let's go to that one. I mean, let's you know how do you progress from being somebody who smokes a bit weed and gets caught I for didn't. a bit of possession to that? I mean, it's it's a big jump. How how did you go from that to that? I didn't. I didn't. I did. How can I put it? I didn't progress. I didn't. No matter you're older, so the ten pounds you had when you was a kid is the same as the hundred pounds you have when you're older. So, no matter if things are done earn more money or things have done got bigger. It was just me aging with that natural flow of what happens when you start your life the way I did. You get what I'm saying? So with the um, big case now, obviously, as we've probably seen yourself, I denied it. Um, and I was found guilty in my absence. Um, so basically what happened was, and I had an appeal with this, so 
at the time I was doing wrong. I wasn't legit. That's by all means I was, you know, I can go as far to say I was selling drugs. Yeah. But but not that. Got you. I weren't selling cocaine to get in a train. So yeah. I'm not saying I was innocent and I had nothing to do with nothing. I was selling drugs, but not cocaine. Yeah. So and I was somewhere else and not Liverpool. So when I've come back and I used to just go, come back, go, come back. When I'm back for a few months, someone I speak to, one of my mates, long story short, it was that's how I was connected with the bird in a sense. Now, they were in a relationship. The way the papers made it out, it's a relationship, right? There were two separate rooms in the gaff, mate. It was not. It was not like that. And then I've seen. I've seen these comments, and I've seen someone raise a question about it the other day. And um, obviously, I I asked to go on live with the person when they requested me go on live. I said, "Let's go." You want to go on live? Let's go. Allah. And they didn't want to do it because they wanted to wait. But obviously, the 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 way they put it across to be viewed so many times before I can get a response. So like I went happy with that sort of spoke. So anyway, long story short, with the bird, lad, yeah. I was out staying about in different gaffs, and then the bird was doing the same, but she was out doing something for someone I know. So my mates turned around and said to me, look, I'll just get a gaff. Yeah. Yeah. Go in a name, sweet, no problem. Got a gaff. I had a room, I had a room, she had a room. simple as that. She never even used to stay there. Like, she used to stay like once a week or something like that. So I have my tag there. One day I've come home and I've opened the door, lad, yeah. But I'd had a phone call earlier on in the night saying, do you mind if bloody, if bloody, bloody, something? I said, listen, I'm not asked as long as it's in her room, lad. I couldn't give a fuck. Because the gaff's in her name, that's in her room, that's, that's his. I've opened the door, lad. And like, I felt something behind the door and I thought, the fuck's this? I've opened it. There was a purse. I opened it. It's a bit of Charlie, so I grabbed it. And I kept thinking, what the fuck, mate? Because we're, we're, the way we were staying, like, she'd have a lock on the room. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I'd have my door locked. That, that, that's how it was, lads. Because obviously I was doing stuff, she was doing stuff, and we went to doing the same thing. Do you get what I mean? So I've opened the purse, grabbed that, grabbed the money. I've walked in my room and just put the money on the bags. Now I've been left with that. So I want to make sure I've counted that before that goes anywhere else out of my hands. Got it being left with me, just back on my own when I've opened the door. As I've got the other thing in my hand, I've heard all, it was like a new bill flat, Steve, with like shitty walls like this. Yeah. I've heard all steps running up the stairs, lads. And like I've run to the, uh, yeah, like balcony doors, run to them and looked out and it's all police mate who shouting up at the balcony. So I've put the bits in my top. Swerved and round and pulled the kickboard off the cupboard and threw them under it. Shut the kickboard and the doors come in. When they've come in, the money I've just threw on my bed was on my bed. Yeah? Yeah. So straight away, I look bad. Yeah. They've got me in there now and there's two phones on the side and another one in the cupboard in my room. Yeah? Yeah. Their room's locked. <laughs> They're going around finding letters. They found letters today. So obviously take after you get what I'm saying. Yeah. They've got sniffer dog in. I've been kept in the van outside. Sniffer dog's gone in, mates, and found the Charlie under the kickboard for 
come down to me, told me I was naked, I was devastated. I was like, look, sweet. Gone in. When I've gone in on the interview, just nicked me for supplying, blah, blah, blah. But I was on tag for something at the time. So I thought, if anything, should have breached me tag and just fuck off? Should I do this? Should I do this? I've gone back on tag, on bail for the supplying. In the meantime, of being on bail, I've gone back to answer me bail, but they've nicked the bird in the meantime. You no, know, she handed herself in. Right. Because obviously what had happened, lad, I've got a kid, mate. So like when that's happened, lad, like it's it's morally wrong either way, but like she'd gone in and she'd give a story to them that she'd bagged it up for personal use. So when I've when I've gone to be go back in, I got rearrested again. Now do you say because I think it's the timed out or something, the bails they've rearrested me for it. So when they've nicked me, they've now said that they've got my DNA on it. Now I knew there was a slight chance my DNA would be on the outside bag because it's just been in my top, but I did give it a good wipe. So when they showed me the way DNA and what what's what's um, what the forensic labs come back and said, mine was on the outer bag, hers was on the inside bag within on the middle of the knots when you open the knots. So A story collaborated. Now, where they said it was selling drugs, there was no calls. So this is when we've got to talk about bails. I, I was talking a bit about my court then. Yeah. I've got bails and I've gone down to Brighton and just basically forgot about it, mate. It was going on for ages. So then I've been summoned to court. So I've gone to court. And when I'm in court, my solicitor showed me all these different things, yeah, and saying, look, We've had your phones, they've had your phones examined, looking for drugs, texts and phone calls, they can't, they haven't found none. Um, although there's three phones there, mate, that's, I'm not using three phones every day, could have been an old phone, could have been. So they've looked through them, mate, and found no things of drugs. My solicitors looked into neighbours and looked into what the police record was, and there was no phone calls off neighbours to say selling drugs, blah, blah, blah. So everything she said did collaborate in a sense, but it was, she can't go in and say, yeah, I was selling drugs, mate. Mm. You know, it's it's she's coming in doing me a favor and being honest by saying it, but yeah, she couldn't go in and say that. So she's come out with this story and had the judge. The judge said to my solicitor, um, Mr. Ditchfield like being a prolific drug dealer since this was just as his thing before, like the jury go off to like decide type thing. Um, he's been a prolific drug dealer since the age of 14. Now, I hadn't been arrested for supplying drugs from when I was 17 to that. And I was 24, I think. So my solicitor tried to say before they went out, look, there's room for improvement from the age of 17 to 24. From the age of 24 to 34, you're basically the same person, high possibility. But from a kid to that, there's a difference. The judge just shut them down, mate, and like I got a sense the minute they've gone out, and obviously we've been told to go. I just legged it, lad. When I've gone out to the court, I've just gone and I went out the way, and done my thing out the way, mate. And, and when I was ready to cut, he sentenced me in my absence to seven years, mate. And to give her two eight, she was out after nine months, lad. And I don't know how women's things work, but it's a lot different to men's, lad, and all that. Yeah. And so obviously I've handed myself in when I was comfortable to hand myself in. I wasn't going to jail without a penny in my pocket for something that and not seeing my kid for all them years. For something what inside of me, I'll never like obviously lad, it's done, it's forgot about you get what I'm saying, in a sense where 
forgot about for me. If someone else asked me, I'll tell them. But like that, that fucking hurt me. That lad, you get what I'm saying? And it, um, I wouldn't. It say it hurt me, but it was probably the best thing what's ever happened to me because if I didn't get it, and it didn't happen, and I weren't put in that position, I wouldn't be where I am now. I'd mm. probably be dead, or I'd be ironed out. I'd probably iron someone out or be ironed out, or just being nicked for drugs again. Or just let everything, all the people falling out everywhere, left, right and centre. Like, you know, you'd have loyalties, mates. And like, you know, it's, it's in that life that's all you've got is loyalties, mates. And like, your friends and, you know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a huge wake-up call for you that. I mean, you know, going behind bars for something really that you hadn't been doing you know, it's, it's bad enough going behind bars, I guess, for something you have done, but for something you haven't done, and, and to get a judge come out with that kind of thing, you, you know that, you, you know, you're in bother. What, what, I, what had like... me, I had my appeal accepted. Yeah. And I was fucking buzzing because it showed that, um, obviously, I've denied even knowing they were there. I'm not even, I'm not telling them I've booked it at me top and that, Steve, I'm doing... But I can tell you now, mate, you convicted me for it anyway, so that people fuck about it, mate. Steve, uh, on the police reports, it was saying when they searched the room, because they're meant to take the gloves off after each room search and put new gloves on. Because obviously they could have been in your sock drawer and then next minute go in another room and touch something else. And yeah. there's, the, there's the DNA, do you get what I'm saying? I'm throwing all that at them and everything, and like, because that was the case. But Obviously, I did touch them, mate. You get what I'm saying? It's, um, in my opinion, and other people who, who probably have an opinion on it, yeah, but you're still fucking done this, you still done that. Yeah, I did, but the whole point of the matter was everyone. I know loads of people who don't sell certain drugs, but sometimes are in contact with that drug, or sometimes are in a, in a house where someone else is there with that. And it happens, mate. What, what can you say, look? What was it like looking at that sentence then, from your perspective? Is, you mentioned you had, had a young son as well, so obviously you're going to miss those... those Mate, listen, I was going to... I would have got a bigger sentence doing what I was doing. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have in the end, but mm. I didn't. It was shut on... It was, oh, lads. It's just... It is what it is, mate. But how it felt for me, lads, I was wounded, mate. But prior to that, Steve, yeah, I'd been arrested in Brighton prior to... Hang on. Let me do the date here, lad. So I don't get mixed up. I was in Brighton 2013, 14. Or 2000, yeah, 2013, start of 14. Yeah, it's 2013, I think, 2014. Now, in Brighton, I'd, uh, I'd been nicked for a few, good few charges, made a lot of charges, yeah, but while I was in prison, someone had alleged that I'd slashed them in prison, mm-hmm. um, and I got bailed for it. Um, I got charges dropped and got bailed for this. So when that sentence came of seven years, I was on bail for a Section 18 without charge, so not bail without charge, you're not charged, you just bail pending yeah. further investigation. Six months in or a year into me sentence, between six months and a year into me sentence, 
I got a letter through the door in my cell. Yeah. So my head's already up my ass because I'm doing a seven for football, yeah. And then I get a letter through the door saying that I've been um charged. I got charged through the post with section 18 and a court date set and stuff like that. So during that sentence, mate, I ended up in court what nearly three quarters of the way through my sentence. They had me up in court for saying started off. Actually started off as a ten to murder when I first got arrested for it, but by the time I got to court, it was a section eighteen, and I was in court for that for days, mates, and like I had no family there, no mates there. Like I didn't tell my family, like so obviously that sentence, like it just it's, it wrote me mad and that off more than anything because the half the half knew the story, loads of people did. You know what I mean? So like with that, when I just done that done that court case on my own, I, I was stressed. The kids' families there, the lads there, proper giving it the bigger mates, and then shouldn't come up in the court, lads. And so obviously I'm questioning a letter what someone sent, like someone's meant to threw in to the office. Yeah, I'm questioning it in court. And um, solicitors are questioning it. Then the person refused to come to court. who had done the letter. Then the prosecution had received new evidence but told the court thinking it was going to go against me. Yeah. So they said they were going to examine the evidence then come back in the afternoon. So I've gone back down the cells. When I've come back in the afternoon, the judges asked and they said, no, we're not ready to show you. So the judge said, listen, you've had 18 months to build this case against this man. Like, I want to start seeing this because this is going on now. Do you get what I mean? Mm. The next day, I've gone back to court. My head was swatted thinking what it was. They were offering me a 12 to plead guilty, right? And that would have been squash me seven and start at 12. So when I've gone into court the next day, the judges asked and they said no again, mate. And the judges said, listen, you come back in the judges' chambers with me and I'll be the judge whether it gets shown in court today. And then when he's gone in the chambers with them, he's just come out and just discharged the jury and that, mate, and thanked them for the service. And I'm, I'm, my solicitor already told me what was, what was happening downstairs, but didn't tell me the exact thing, what dropped the case. And But I've come up and kicked off in court after he's done it to the mm-hmm. family behind me, lad. And they've been giving me snide comments right the way through the court. So I've given them a bollocking and got jumped on by all screws, gone down the cells. But I'd been there with a phone when they first raided myself for Duke for men to be doing this kid. So then they've called me, come back to meet their cell downstairs, and they're like, this, you know, they got brought down for contempt of court. So then they said to me, look, so you've got to go back up. When I've gone back up, the judge said to me, oh, this ditch field thing, you still forgot you was meant to be up in front of me for a phone as well. Now, in prison, this is me look, Steve, right? In prison, people get 21 days to 42 days for a phone yeah. off the outside judge who comes in. Yeah, mine because of this fucking cunt in court, mate, has now got me in a crown court. So the crown court judge sentenced me for the phone because it got sent outside, yeah? Yeah. He asked me how I pleaded, I said, guilty. He gave me 12 months, but with a third off to run consecutive to me sentence, love. And then give me, I think, 28 days. Um, no, that was the, the start of me seven. I got seven years, 28 days off that judge. And the next judge gave me 12 months with a third off to run consecutive. And then from then on, mate, it was just like piss tests, fighting, um, getting GOA'd all the time, suspicion of doing this, suspicion of doing that. That happened for me first few years, lads. And um, it was my last, 
me last year, mate, what really um I just learned to shut off as well, Paul. I mean, Steve, you see, like with the baby when you're in there, like you're stuck in a mad thing, man. Like any lad who's been outside, especially if you're not with the man and that no more, like mm-hmm. it's um some some, you know, I just learned to shut off, mate. Like, did you get did you did I mean did your son come and visit you with with, with your ex at any time in prison? No. No, um, wow. So that is that is hard. So, but that's what's just made me how I am, Paul. Did you get the rest of Everyone deals with that, it in a different way. That's that's like she me, mate. Yeah, I'll stress about it every day. I'll I'll, I'll do whatever. But what can you do, lad? Yeah. So I learned to just shut off, lads. In jail, yeah. I used to phone home every now. I used to have I used to have Instagram there. I used to speak to them, lads, and like you know, just times where like I've, I've spoke to them lads, I'd FaceTime with them and then bang, I'll phone the next day and it's just, it's when they get with other people, mates, and then it's it just goes hard, but obviously in time, it just, history repeats itself and it'll just happen, do you get what I'm saying? It's, yeah. But, for me, lads, yeah, it was, it was shit, man, but at the same time, lads, it's just learned me how to just be bang, like, I'd, if I phone home now, it sounds bad, this lad. And if we are, I feel a constraint, it lad. Like, if anyone's telling me, like, such and such is sick or such and such is, I just put the phone down. Mm. I don't say to that, I just put the phone down. When they phone back a few days later, I just say my battery's died. But I think I've done it that many times, like, people realize now, like, just, you know what I mean, lad? Like, I, I, I don't see me, lad. I've done all that. I, that, that, that. That court case where I could have got a 12 probably made me like that, lads, because I'd already been fuming the fact that I'd been in there for that type of crime, lads. And then second of all, getting charged nearly two years later with that from fucking two years ago. Yeah. The court of drug case lasted two years, lads, on, nearly on bail and going back and forth. That was like two years long. And then this that thing just crept up to just slap me on the arse, lad, but I think, in a sense, lad, some of the things what got dropped in Brighton, I think just karma just come back to bite me on the arse in another way, man. And like that just made me, yeah, man. It, it is what it is. Lad, I've been in some heavy jails. I've been in some good jails. I've met good people, bad people. You know, it's but at the same time being around all that and like watching your mates every week come back from visits with the kids and doing this and doing that, like. It just makes you who you are, man. I just got used to it, lads. I used to fuck him. Me mate's bed always used to come up with his kid and that, lads. And, like, yes. Not, not to have a kid on a visit, but, like, it was just... How can I put it, lads? It was it was a thoughtful gesture, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, um, but at the same time as well, lads, with regards to anyone else who's been away, like, you know, lads, like, I've, lads, everyone who I've grew up with, I'd still class them as me mates, lads. Of course I will. But I just moved different now. Did you do any same. education? Did you do any education in prison? Were you, you know, I mean, obviously, no, lads, no. yeah. What, 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 what kind of things did you do, Liam? Um, I got me. I got to end up getting me level two maths in English. Um, level two maths in English. I've got me level one and two industrial cleaning, preparing for industrial cleaning, biohazard. Um, mentoring level two for substance misuse, peer mentoring. Um, um, fucking hell, lad. Everything, mate. That's good. 
Yeah, because people say that prison right. doesn't work, and that, and that's I think that's where I'm going to next. Really, the you know, doesn't. yeah, and, and and like I wanted to hear that from you. I didn't want to put words in your mouth. Prison doesn't work, does it? No, no, it's your own experience. What what, what changes you like that? It's not the prison. Yeah, the see the prison lad. Right? Yeah, it's, everyone said this before, but when you when you hear people counting prisons off, lad, like, yeah. Obviously, like they hold the lads up, man, so they should be counted off. But at the same time, like when people say they, you get loads of people, like, hey, how can I put it, lad? See, some people who work in prisons are actually good people. That there's a big majority who are, but there's also a majority who are good people, lad, yeah, who are there to actually make a change. It's far and few between, but there is people like that there, lad. So, <laughs> me as a kid, I met one of them. When Lancaster Farms, I was 15 when I first met her. Kept in touch with her up until um, she passed away, lad, not long ago. Yeah. Uh, and as a kid, she should never ever kept in touch with me, lad. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. She she like me, yeah, me mum and her like clicked because she had kids the same age as me and acting the same age, same things as me. Yeah. So when she used to come up on a visit, me marks in the farm, she used to have like this thing like every few months where. You'd have a review and your probation and all that would be there, but then your parents or someone could come in and like your this woman in there was like my teacher, Mandy. And um when she left, I think they swapped numbers with my mum, but every time I've come out of jail, I've phoned and I said I've changed for years and just always end up back. Do you get what I'm saying? But mm. there's people like her, lad, who, who, who now I went and seen her, lad, an elder and that was she was booking a couple of days before she died, like she wants me to go up, yeah. And now that's a massive compliment to me, lad. And something I should have listened to years ago. Do you get what I mean? For her to have done that job and still want to see me after all these years, just to like say goodbye, lad. That's fucking powerful, mate. But with regards to working, lad, in a sense, with things like that, when you get to my age, when you do come away from stuff, yeah, you do work. What about drugs in prison? Um, one sec, one sec. Pause that again. I will do. Let's talk about drugs in prison, Liam. And, you know, from my perspective, I've never served time inside. I've visited a lot of prisons. I've visited the Crays in prison. I, visit, I still visit Charlie Salvador in prison. Um, I've visited a lot of my mates in prison over the years. And I know how widely available drugs are. From your experience... As a former prisoner, what was it like for you? Sham, mate. I used to smoke weed, so it was all right for me, mate. It was on top. <laughs> <laughs> was um, it ever temptation? I mean, you, you hear a lot of horror stories. We've seen we've seen a lot of horror stories. You mentioned earlier you had you had Instagram, you had a phone in prison. I've seen I've seen these spice videos where people are mate, absolutely monged off the face on spice. So see, I hadn't been to jail for a few years before I got remanded in Brighton before this sentence, right? And I remember when I walked in there, everyone talked about the spice, yeah? And I started seeing people and was like, wow, mate. And like, obviously over time, I've seen it, got used to what it does to people. And then when I've done this sentence, lads, and how can I put it, lads? It's not... I think they made spice lads to combat um, well they not made spice the prisoners get down anything 
just, it's impossible, right? It's like the war on drugs in Afghanistan or whatever. Like, you're never going to win, right? It's like, no matter, it, time's growing inside and outside, but outside's growing a lot more rapidly. Do you get what I'm saying? So you're never going to combat it, lad, whatsoever. So it's just pointless. The best thing to do, lads, I'm not, it's not bow down to people and let them smoke weed. and not a chance, but like some prisons, lad, yeah, have some screws on the wing who are fucking the best thing the wing could have. Obviously, there's still a screw, but some screws don't mind the lads having a joint as long as you just keep the others off the space. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying, Steve? Yeah, I do, mate, yeah. Oh, that's it, mate. You went on a bit of a pause there, but yeah, I get, I get exactly what you mean. Um, so, so, so you get, you get a gang of screws on a wing. You all know each other. Have been there years. Old school screws, right? Prepare, prefer people to have a joint. Yeah, the new screws prepare, prefer people to have a joint because the new screws aren't cut out for what's in there at mm. all. The old time screws just can't be asked. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you've got a wing full of spice heads, the paperwork is horrendous that they have to cover. The incidents are horrendous. The smacks, the debt, the state of the wing, the state of cells, like that all plays a part in, in it as well. Do you get what I'm saying? So, when you've got a group of lads on the wing who like just have a joint, or you know they've got a phone or a few phones, screws. I'm not saying they don't mind it, lads, but. It's tolerable because at the end of the day, no matter what officer you are or what prison you're in, you're reliant on prisoners just as much as you're reliant on your other staff member. And that's not to help you out and grasp people up. That's to stop a problem arising on a wing. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it runs deeper now. World's another thing as well, right? I'm glad I'm out of the system. I'm glad I'm out of jail. The way it is now, the way it's gone, the amount, the influx of new staff was just arrived to prisons the past few years, yeah, and the age of them and the the lack of life experiences and the lack of people skills and confrontational skills. And yeah, they get taught the screws courses, but I get taught how to do things in work, don't necessarily fucking remember how to do them. And that's like proper, like, you know, mechanically. You can't be taught to be a patient, you know. Mm. You a boxer gets taught from a kid to older, even if you come on later on, they half know how to fight. You can't get a eighteen year old and stick them in Walton, Pentonville, yeah. Barlini. How can how are you doing that like, like some people have got Grand, great grandkids older than that who were in, in there but it's again the age of some of them and the way some of them talk to prisoners right and it's, it goes unnoticed and blamed on the prisoners right some of them talk to prisoners like they are superior to the prisoner mm. they, they've got the job but the prisoner's punishment is being inside the prison officers are there to have a cool run system and all be sweet not necessarily have a laugh every day with prisoners, but you come in 
to make sure there's no disruption, there's no this, there's no that perfect. That's what you get paid for. You're a lot of bad shit, it's not a problem. I've come in because I've been a cunt. Mm. But there's no need for you to speak to me the way you speak to me. And there's no need for you to draw me out. And like you can get us, you can get bolts and bars one day where they come and bang your bars every morning. You come in and go bang, 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 and like check your tap and check your so you get some screws for years who've just left you with like a chair because it's got a cushion on, like a comfy chair, right? And then you get some who'll rip it out yourself. Mm. But then you'll get some who'll leave you with a, a plug with two plugs on just so you can have your plug in your kettle. But you'll get some who'll take it. Like, you've got a mad mix and the ones who are doing the taking, that's all we've got. Like, some people say that you can't have, some prisoners say you can't have pictures on your wall. So, like, you've got picture of your kid up, screws, no, it's your kid. It's late. You know, it's, it's human rights. It's morally right to just leave it. Some will rip it down while you're not in. And, like, when you confront them about it, press the alarm on the bell and try and jump on you. Like, you, you're not going to forget that. Mm. So, like, you know, it just, there needs to be more communication, right, behind the scenes from former cons to whoever brings these rules into prison just on how it affects you. Like at least ask how it affects the, the rules they've made the past few years. Ask cons who've done years and say, how has it been affecting the system? If you've got an honest con who wants, because, you know, people are always going to go to prison. So you're going to want to have to have it where, I'm not saying it suits both, mate. Some people deserve to rot in hell. Never mind prison. But I think if anyone should realise this, this... There's every form of people, right? So not everyone in prison is bad and not everyone in church is good, yeah? Now, that that film, that TV programme was just being on called time. Inside. Was it time, time. With yeah. Stephen Graham. Now, great great programme. Was it realistic? Would you, say, would you say that old man deserved what he went through? I, I take it you're talking about um, the character who knocked over the... did the hit and run because he got pissed. Do you think he deserved all of that behaviour coming towards him off of the prisoners just because he was trying to do his prison? It's a, now, look, that's a great question to ask. You put me in the hot seat. For me, personally, watching that programme, um, once you knew what he did, because the build-up was that he'd knocked over a woman <laughs> and he'd been drink-driving. Um, look, he went into the prison. My understanding, bearing in mind I've only been... <laughs> I've met a lot of the major criminals over the years. My understanding is if you show any weakness when you go into prison, you're screwed. And that, you know, did, did, he, he, deserve, from, did he deserve that? But from someone who's never been to prison, do you think he deserves it? I, I, well, I don't think he deserved that, no. Now, everyone else who was watching that, who's, a law, who's just a normal person who's never been in trouble in their lives, right, would probably say the exact same thing as you. Yeah. But agree when it's someone else. Yeah. That other person mightn't be able to talk as affluently as that man because that man is a teacher at the end of the day. Yeah. No one might be able to speak as well as he is or do the jail as easy because they're missing people or they're still young. Or... So it works in a lot of ways. Loads of people deserve to be in there, especially people who do anything to kids, nonsense, all that shit. Like, million percent. But... I'm not saying like, you know, there's, 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 there's 
I'm not saying there's degrees to crimes and there's degrees to murders or there's degrees to manslaughter or there's degrees to anything, yeah. But if the patient took full responsibility and is doing all they can to change, then the family of whoever the offence happened to, by all means, has got every right to say everything about them, so has the general public. But just understand that man killed someone too who was on that programme. Mm-hmm. Like, what did his family, what did their family think? But then what do you think back home about, like, should they have been treated that badly or not? Like, there's no categories to where someone should be. It's, if someone's sincere, someone's sorry, and someone's trying, and someone's doing everything they can, there's got to be some type of moral compass. Mm. I, I don't agree with anything towards any nonsense and all of that. They deserve everything they get. Or there's some of the lads, mate, so there's people I know who've been in there 15, 16, 14, 30, all them years, like for, for them type of crimes as well. But me, I can look at it different because I can say a couple of them are my mates or a couple of them used to be my mates or. Other people who aren't involved in that life, to them, every one of them just come back. Do you get what I'm saying? It's 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 very tough, mate. You know, but that, it is. that I, I tell you what, that's the nail on the head for a lot of people because that's the most realistic, right? Like when the man goes in, he does his induction period and goes in and goes in the classroom. The screw gets him out, gets the other induction hands out. Even fact that the attention to detail is better than some real life prison programs are watched. That's great. That's great to hear. And and like, you know, people watching this podcast, like you know, like I said at the start, I didn't plan like anything to do with this. The only thing we planned before we came on tonight was to talk about Rafa talk Benitez. About Rafa, that's <laughs> and I love the way this has gone. I think I think what you've made there is a valid point. It's funny I've actually been out today because obviously I'm, you know, as you know, I write, you know, I write a script, I produce things, I'm, I'm an actor. From my perspective, I was um, one of my mates who I'm going to be working with very soon. He he's just done. His son's just worked with Stephen Graham. Um, what I'm going to do is I'll send the link for this when, when this eventually goes up. I will send it to me mate so we can forward it to Stephen Graham. Yeah, so no, that, that would be good for him Stephen, to listen to that and just yeah. Even how, Stephen Graham, look at look at what he's done for the city, lad. He's a fucking amazing actor, lad. He's fucking, but that has to be honest. People from big, massive production companies go to prisons and try and do real-life footage of real-life prisoners and real... It didn't come close to that. So, obviously, you mentioned, you know, you've mentioned some of these programmes that have been made in recent times. Uh, Channel 4 have done documentaries about prison. They've gone in. They've, they've done, like, fly-on-the-wall documentaries about real prisons. But, yeah. you know, you, you've actually said that you felt the Stephen Graham dramatisation was probably more realistic. Why is that? Um, because someone who's definitely, definitely took advice from an ex-con and a few ex-cons, and I mean, someone who's done a lot of years for that because it was just the attention to detail, like, on them, on them prison things, like, do you know what it is? Although, although Stephen Graham's an actor and that was a drama, Whenever TV programs go into the prison, they will never go on a wing where all the actual main lads are. They'll go on like a wing where people are fucking money out or people are fucking... They'll never show the proper prison, do you get what I mean? Yeah. And the screws seem to act to the camera 
And basically, I've been in there when before. Uh, where was I? I think I was in Elmley. And it weren't even camera crew coming in. It was a, it was a, the, the, the basically review the prison every year. These people who come in and give you prisoner star rating. Mm-hmm. Um, and made for days before, for weeks before, every all the screws, it's, it's giving everyone jobs, making sure they look at just getting them out of the yard, paint this, paint that, paint this, paint that, change this, change that. This is what we say when they come. This is what we, we're going to go to your cell or your cell. And like, the act more than Stephen Graham, and Stephen Graham is an actor. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like, at least they were portraying real life in the prison when they come in and film the prison, they portray what they want to be passed, passed off as a good prison. Yeah. When it's not. Do you get did, you what, did you ever get a chance? I, you, I know you, one you tell me one prison in England. Well, they probably is like the lower category ones, but you tell me one B-cat or A-cat prison in the country, probably even C-cat, that would wants the public to know what each of them wings are like and, and how each of them wings are run and how the staff actually talk to prisoners and like not all staff but what I'm saying is if you had what would be a lot better for people to do once they get around to it like all these big channels you go in and do prisons is just send a mole in there mate a, a real life mole lad, like a fucking that's what I was coming to. There was, there was a reality program, uh, and it's had a few series in America, and I don't know whether you've seen it. I um, don't watch them American ones, you know, lads. I'll tell just, you what. Just... Well, it, it was a, re- you know, you, you'll have heard of Big Brother and, you know, yeah, Pop, yeah. Pop Idol and all of that. Well, this was, a, this was basically a prison program where 10 members of the public basically put themselves up for a reality program and went into an American prison. And the, they were prisoners. They went in as prisoners. And the idea was that the governor of the prison wanted these 10 people to go in, um, pretend to be prisoners, and come back out with information to give the governor. Now, I've got to be honest. I, God, I mean, it's a surprise that I haven't tried it over. Do you think that anybody would get away with that over here? Or do you think yeah. the prisoners would sniff, would sniff out the, the fakers? No, what has happened is, the, the, if, if you've got someone outside who can handle themselves, lads, and they're one of the lads, but they're just not a criminal. Like, he'd piss, he'd piss all over jail if he's got no kids and all that. If he wanted to sacrifice being with his kids and get paid for doing the programmes, like, royally, as he should, for going to do that away from them, then, yeah, but they've just got to have that... You don't even have to something about... If you were to send someone in who's a proper... And, you know, you can just look at them and know difference you send one of the lads in just like policeman if they send what they, they send certain police uh, type of officer in his own clothes you're spotting a mile away then obviously by seeing all these things in the especially in london it must happen a lot like your police officers just looking like the lads you get what i'm saying yeah speaking like them and looking like them so it's um it's i think i think if that happens yeah then there'd be a fucking massive outcry as to why uh, why it hasn't been publicised all these years, but it's always been publicised about how hard the prison feel let down by government because prisoners are overrun and it's prisoners are doing this, prisoners are doing that, prisoners... I think a lot of light would be shined onto the actual staff, mate, to be fair. And especially if there was a mole and on a small, not a mole who 
<laughs> becomes to like the job and want to carry on and be a screw. Like, you know, as long as there's a real life person in there who's looking at real life things and is involved in everything, you know, you couldn't put a mole in there who's going to go and sit on the non-swing, could you, lads? Because you're not no. going to know anything. So you'd have to put a mole in there who's, who's willing to have a little straightening every now and again, who's willing to get twisted up every now and again and go down the block and like experience it properly the way every prisoner does. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, let, let's finish on the positive. You've turned your life around and so, right, many, so many people who come out of prison don't manage to do that. How have you managed to achieve it? Um... Through realizing that if I didn't go away, I wouldn't be here now. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And when I was away, as I say, my last year, mate, it was it was different. The yeah, everything was different. Everything felt different. I felt different. Everything around me. It's just I could just I was looking at people coming in. I was looking at the screws. I was coming out on the landing, mate, and like I was spending like an hour just standing on the landing, just like. No, just peering over the like the thing, just looking up and down the wing. Just I used to just examine everything, lads, and used to just think, what the fucking hell am I doing that? Like, you know, all the time I've missed with the baby lads, fucking family members who I thought I'd see when I got out who've died since. Like, you know, some people don't realise going to jail is the last time you see some people, mate, for the rest of your life, that's it, they're gone. You know, if they're not your indirect mum or mum, dad, brother, sister or kid, you're never seeing them again if they die, mate. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, loads of things, mate, made me do it. But the other thing was, lads, I just wanted... I've realised if I've done what I've always done, I'll get what I've always got, mate, because nothing else had changed and I'd always done the same shit. Do you know what I mean? So, by me coming home, I didn't find it as easy because... Before I went away, probation was um, government-funded, Steve, yeah? Yeah. So, probation was a lot like... There was a bit of, a little bit of support there for you before I went away. When I come home, mate, it's all been privatised, and it's all like... I come out, and like, the woman said to me, right, where's your ID? I said, love, I've never even had a bank account since 29, do you know what I mean? Like... She's like, what? This was this was when I come home in 2019. Then, no, I'm going to take it out. That's what I mean. Like my head shot, you know, I've done too much jail. <laughs> I got out the 27th of September, I think, 19. And then I said to probation, probation said to me, where's your idea now? I haven't even got a bank love. Blah, blah, blah. Me and my partner just made, like, I don't want to go too, too, too much into, like, you know, what went on then, mate, but I was only out a couple of months, mate, and my bed's my dad, you know what I mean? And so, like, and then a couple of months after that, we went into lockdown, do you know what I mean, mate? Like, mm. it hasn't been the, um, well, it wasn't the easiest, lad, but we just knocked it down, mate. We've, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, as I said, I don't want to go too much into it. So when no. I went a bit into detail in my in 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 a different podcast, mate. And like, yeah, yeah, that's it, fine. Look, it, it look, was upsetting for some people. Do you know of what I mean? Course, of course, of course. Without, without, without him, uh, I wouldn't be the man I am now. I would have give up because yeah. I tried everything when I first come home to be a better man, and I couldn't. I hit every brick wall. Probation could offer me nothing. They give me no idea, no help, no nothing, lad. 
without her lad and the word she used to say to me and how she used to speak to me like she's the purest woman alive yeah but then she, she would have never have made time for me even after meeting her she, I'd be surprised if she ever spoke to another person like me again but it was it was like she was meant to come into my life mate like she spoke to me with proper respect and she shouldn't have like like she looked at me different and like seen something in me that really wanted to go at it, lads. And like, I had to just end up just moving down there because if I had to come home, and again, as I've just said, you always do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. If I had to come home, like I always have in the past, to the same place, like I always have in the past, to the same, I, I wouldn't be here, I mean, to be in jail again. So all the times I felt like giving up, so I couldn't get ID, couldn't get a bank. Like she was always there to just say, look, don't worry, blah de blah. Then that was for, that was my first fortnight, mainly. Like she was proper on me, lads, helping me out. And then went for a job and I got a job, lads, on the railway. Um that was two weeks after coming home. I have two days off a week, and that's all I've had ever since. Two weeks after coming home. Um I've got me ID shorty shorts, the bank account, blah de blah. I was going into banks, right? Got a bank account. And I went in there a few weeks later and asked them something. And they said, right, okay, can we have where you've lived for the past three years? I said, um, prison and all of that junk. And they said, we don't do that. I said, well, what can I do then? She said, there's nothing you can do. Can I have your um, passport? I said, I haven't got one. Have your driving license? I haven't got one. I've got um, this identity card, probation told me to get. I said, we don't accept them. So I, uh, that, that was me, how I was, lad, for, eight, for, for a few weeks. And then, bam, I've got it all sorted. My wages used to go in someone else's bank when I first started work, and that's how hard it was for me. So after all of that, there was a, there was a thing in, in, involved with the probation called User Voice, um, like like a mentor charity type thing. They're inside in, in jail. I used to be part of it, part of them in jail, like mentoring people. Um, but the way we do it in jail is actually take the time to listen to people, lads, and like build a profile on each person and like go around and visit them and make sure they're all right on each wing. Like you get little red bands to go around sometimes or like, you know, you can send a red band. Like that. I was never allowed a red band myself, so I used to have to like just stay on my own wing. But it used to be an excuse to slip on a wing, you could have put someone else's band on. But like in there, you'd actually write people's folders down. When I come home and was working with, I said, look, I don't mind working with you and trying to help people, you know. Because um, I've been finding it hard, so I, anyone who's coming home, I'd like to help them when they find it hard. Um, obviously, it keeps me probation happy as well. Um, when I started doing it, lads, she's giving me these forms saying, right, speak to... They, 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 they didn't have the front to go and speak to people because they're all like... They're ex-cons, but some of them have done like six months for fraud and some of them have never been away, but they've nearly been away. So when I'm talking to them, I know I'm miles ahead of them, lads, with regards to like, I've got my mentoring qualifications. You're working towards one and you're gonna go do it for two years. I've got mine, like I've been made it out, but I've when they gave me a form and got me to speak to some lad. I was speaking to him for a bit, and he was a proper good lad, means and he, 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 he you know, I've wrote all these things down. And then I've looked and I've wrote his name on it. So when I give it back, she's like, Why are you writing his name on it? So what do you mean? She went, These anonymous. I said, Well, if they're anonymous, who the fuck, how the fuck are you gonna help anyone? He said, because at the end of the six months, we like review what the most important thing is people need. I said, so hang on a minute. If you've got someone who's homeless with no family, no nothing, no ID, no nothing, but then you've got 20 people who need them, 20 people go before him. 
that's not yeah. fair. And like they still haven't changed it, mate. And I'm surprised by that. So when I was in work, I was doing like I started a little food thing and um, trying to cook food, but I was doing 12 hour shifts on the railway, coming home, cooking food, delivering food, taking orders, doing my shifts, coming home. Like she works, that's so like it's not like like we you've got time to just sit and cook, mate. Like just something I was good at. I learned how to cook the cooking qualifications from jail. But then it, it blew up, mate, and like I had all my people off only way is Essex and that like buying food and like put me food. It was weird, mate. But it, I, I ran before I could walk, Steve, and burnt myself out so much, mate, because I was cooking from where I live. Yeah. And like, going to work, coming out a bit bad, mate, it grabbed me, man, the cleaning afterwards, it said me. So, like, with that, stopped it. And then over the lockdown, I think everyone's gone into the podcast, haven't you, mate? So, like, yeah. I was right into the podcast with you in lockdown, and someone got hold of me, mate, and said to me, um, wouldn't you be interested in going one of them, lads? And there's nothing to do with anyone from the podcast. There's just someone else who's involved in sports, like, said to me, wouldn't you go on when you should go on one of them, lads? You'd be fucking... And, like, a few people in work, because where these lads in work, where I used to work, they don't... They're not criminals. So when I'm telling them stories, because all I've got to tell, like when people are talking about stories growing up, what they've done, all I've got to tell is shit. Like, to me, best memories I've had, funny, some of them, like, but to other people, the mouth open and like, what? You didn't do that. Like, to, to, to me or anyone has been, it's just normal, do you know what I mean? So the conversations can lead like that sometimes, and they always just say to me, mate, you'd be good on one of them. And, Obviously, I know myself, lads, and people who know me know, like, I'm not the biggest artist fucking... You know, I'm just one of the lads, mate, like, who's, who's been about when it was a bit rough, lads, who's seen things, who's done things, who's done the jail, who's done the who's got the charges about, who's done... You know, but there's people who have never just... who've just cut through and are not known all over the place, but... There's other people who, who, who it's it's mad, but at the same time, that type of life, yeah. For me, after being around normal people when I first come home for so long, yeah. Not saying people who do anything aren't normal, lad, but just normal conversation about the weather or like something else. Like, don't fucking, I haven't had it, lads. Weird, look, it's weird. It was like me coming, some of the things I'm doing now, I should have done years ago, and it's it was like coming home a fucking baby again, lad. Yeah, because I weren't used to that world, mate. So when no one helped me apart from my best man and that, like, like I'm, the people who had actually meant to and paid to help me weren't. When I've done me podcast and the feedback of it on me, that I was fucking amazed because I, I knew I could probably, obviously, that's an I've got story, mate, and like, I've got fucking childhood memories for years, lad, like what normal people find. Like, you know, some, some lads, some crazy shit, mate, you get what I'm saying? But I didn't expect the the, the the type of people, the amount of people to relate to something somewhere in that podcast, whether it be drugs, being a young kid, your ma being upset, your your, your Bed, my dying, yeah. I re- like so many people related, right? 
and I'm always saying like I wish I could do that, mate. But I'm finding it so hard. Like this, that there's people's mums who are know, yeah. people who I think have got who are big fellas and that messaging me, lads. They still are, big, but they just want to change. Like they've just seen it. If I can do it, like anyone can. Do you know what I mean? So, like, and I've done it two weeks after coming home. Bang, job stayed away. Like I pushed and pushed them. I, I weren't giving up. Like, I weren't going back there. So, and that's, a, um, and that's a testament to your character and the person that you are. And yeah, you know, well you do your round as well, low Steve, lads. Yeah, it is. That's one of the biggest things is your company, your keep mates, and like since then, I've now. Obviously, once I've done it, mate, I started just helping the old person out and like bending them into the company, saying, Yeah, do you want to get into them? Do you want to? But then people started messaging me saying, Oh, I need a labourer, lad, if you can get one, and I'll just put it up. And then it's got to like, and now work with a company, SJB training, lads, and like the amount of people that put through courses since they've opened, the amount of people that got on the books waiting for the DWP sign off thing to go through. The amount of people that have done through the DWP, which is all job centre funded, mate. Like, people can privately fund all job centre fund, but criminal, non-criminal, you can, as soon as you do your three-day course, you go on to work BT and Virgin. Like, I've had loads of people, mate. I, said, I think I said the other day on a video, I had like 400, 500 people into work. Wow. Now, that's into work and on the books all as a whole. Brilliant. Like Now, that's just me on my own, right? Just doing... What anyone who's got a platform and a big platform should be doing, lad. In the meantime, other things take you off pat, mate, and that always happens when you do well, lads. It's I'm not doing well myself, but when people when there's not when there's positive things happening, there's always a negative creeping up somewhere. But with myself, mate, I've just tried my best, lad, to focus on it. I don't want to get took off a path by not doing that because then there'll be people getting let down because. I'm too stressed out or I'm too stuck on something not to respond to messages and leave a big build up of two, three days worth of messages. And like on my page, mate, I get loads, lads. Of, and like, so if I have a stressful fucking few days and I've been stuck off the ball, it's not me, it's 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 normal people who it's affecting, lads. Like with me, I can jump back on my phone. Yeah. But if someone's messaged me and they've waited three days or they've 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 had to be I've had to forget about it because I'm going, I'm, I'm doing something else and it's, something. it's not fair on them, lads. So, like, again, it just goes back to even with trolls, lads. Like, when you get trolls in comments or you get trolls in, like, what what can you see? What, like, what's wrong? Do you know what I mean? I, 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 mate, it's not what can you see what's wrong. Is I appreciate every one of the trolls who come because at least I know I'm doing something right to bring some type of, thing like that towards me yeah because when you do well that's when things come out mates and i think people where people come out the woodwork but with myself mates i'm just over the moon to be doing what i'm doing i'm over the moon to have left where i was and gone to where i am now like my my career mates is only just started and it started 29 but from 29 to where i am now i ain't done too bad in a career and my career's only gone so i've gone on two years I've done too bad, lad. And I ain't what? done other people too bad, neither, who have got into work and training, mate. It's a great, it's great to hear. And, you know, that's a testament, really, to, to your ability to turn your life around and, and the help that you've got around you. And as you say, if you lie with a dog, you get fleas. You change yeah. your company, you change your circle, and, and you, you know, you, you've changed your life for the better. Let's finish off uh, just with a message to any young, aspiring villain 
in anywhere in the country, some youngster who's watching this, who's thinking, I, I might get into a bit of dealing, I might do a bit of this, I might do a bit of that, I might go do a bit of thieving. What would you say to a young person who was watching this, who was thinking about getting involved after the experience you've been through? Right. Every youngster makes out and put it. Every youngster's got an older person who they've looked up to or they, or they do the rounds. He's the boy at the minute. But everyone's been a boy. You'll be a boy one day. Just like I can say I was a boy where I was. He can say he was a boy. He can say he was a boy. That doesn't last forever. So when... Don't always try and be the same man who you was. Everyone's been a boy sometimes. Steve, you've been the boy. Sometime in your life, you've walked around and thought, oh, I'm the fucking man here. Just, just in your own head, as yeah. a kid or as grown up. Don't always try and be that person, man, because when you go away, especially if you're going around causing trouble and shooting stabbings and you're involved in all that gang shit, right? The minute you go away, your mates are too busy. If they're not too busy... You're the only one in jail. Or if you're not the only one, you're just scattered round. But then when you pass round jail after jail after jail, jail's a very, very fucking small place. And, like, you know, just always remember that. You're only hear good stories about prison and how people took the piss out of the system. I've done this, I've done that. I've done it myself. I'm guilty of saying the same shit myself. But on the other hand, I'm also put my hand up and hold my hand up and say, there's been some times when I've thought, hang on, I'm going to have to do this here, mate, and I'm never coming home or I'm going to end up getting ironed out here. Like, it's not to be fucked with. Some jails, listen, you go and have a laugh. Some jails, you go and do this. But if you're a kid, the best thing I could have ever done is just stayed in school. See, when you get criminal records and that, each criminal record you stack up from your first one lowers your percentage of where you're going to go job-wise. Not ambitious-wise, because you can have loads of criminal records and go and be a millionaire once you, once, you, once you finally go legit. But it just helps to have different avenues. If you haven't got them avenues, mate, you need to... You know, it's not what you know in life, it's who you know, do you know what I mean? So, when regards to bouncing around company or finding out companies, it's it's always best to just 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 stay in your own lane, man, and listen. Do you know what's the other one? Listen to your fucking mum, mate. They're always right, lad. I'll tell you that. Yeah, 100%. Listen, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, great to hear your story, uh, a little bit about your life and how you've turned your life around. I just want to say, Liam, best of luck to you. And um, the only Thanks, thing I won't wish you luck with is when uh, Newcastle play Everton. I look forward to texting you and saying, hey, we've got three points. <laughs> I just understand. I probably won't even know who scored for Everton. I'll be texting you right back, mate. But um, again, lads, the, the camera at the start, I'm sorry about that. It's just the, the phone's worry. fucking... As I say, I've got best things to spend money on, mate. So I'm only on my phone just, yeah. to, just to type things or to repost people to get them in work. It's not it's not for the other video, so I'm not nervous to get it done, but... Um, yeah, sorry about the start of the video. Don't People worry about that, It's been a pleasure being on there with yourself, and I'm happy I got to put you in the OT for at least one question as well, mate. Well done, mate. Take care. Thanks very no much. No problem. Ta-ra, Steve. Nice one, mate.